0: Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I trust you and your household are doing well. Uh, We are still on the subject of God's grace and man's faith, and today we are talking about... uh, Yesterday, actually, I started talking about the renewal of the mind. So I shared the scripture with you, and and, uh, I shared with you what it is about, and we were in the process of talking about how the mind is renewed. And so the first thing I said was that it is a process. It is a slow process. It is nothing that happens overnight. But the renewal of the mind is really changing your way of thinking, training your mind not to think like a worldly person does uh, when it uh, comes to everyday life. Not necessarily sinful things, but how do you respond to you know, when, when, when your finances are tough. Well, how do you respond to things like there are hereditary diseases in your families? How do you respond to when there's the, like, for example, the flu season comes? Do you say, well, the flu season is here. I get it every year and I'm like everybody else. I'm a human being. I'm going to get it too. Or do you stand up and say, no, I'm not going to get the flu because Jesus bore my diseases and with His stripes I'm healed. So, and that is not extreme. Some people might say that is extreme to say that, but believe me, it is not extreme to say that maybe in your church, people don't talk that way. And so when the, uh, the Christian context you come in doesn't talk that way, uh, everything that is different to what you're used to will be outlandish. So you have to go to the word. What does the word of God tell us? Well, the word of God tell us tells us to speak in line with the word of God and, uh, and, and it'll really change your situation in life. If you begin to talk in terms of what God says about you and about your situation uh, rather than look at yourself like anybody else in the world and that you are subject to the same things that everybody else is subject to. And just because it happens to everybody else is going to happen to you too. Believe me, then you are thinking like the people do in the world because, because in Christ you are not a victim, but you are a victor, hallelujah. So anyway, so the first thing is that it is a process. The renewal of the mind is a process. The second thing, the renewal of the mind takes discipline on our part and discipline means firstly studying the word, studying the word and finding out what does God say about me and also find out who am I in Christ? Who am I in Christ? Uh, Am I just a sinner saved by grace and and I'm saved, Uh, I'm going to go to heaven, but other than that. I'm like everybody else and I cannot really expect much out of life, much more out of life than everybody else in the world. Or do I walk in God's favor when it comes to, um, you know, a blessed life, a blessed family, a blessed marriage and blessed finances and blessed in health? Can I really live uh, at, at a level that is different to the level that the world lives in because God has specific promises to bless me bless these areas in my life in this world in this life so we you know so it takes discipline because it takes studying the word of God it takes studying the word of God to find out who we are in Christ what belongs to us what we can expect from God and 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 all these things so the first is the study of the word secondly speaking the word of God we For a renewed mind, we have to change our vocabulary. So instead of speaking sickness and disease, instead of speaking of ourselves as victims of the circumstances that are in the world, uh, we should be speaking, uh, speaking health and healing and longevity. We should be speaking, uh, instead of speaking poverty, we should be speaking blessing and prosperity. We should be saying that, you know, I give my tithes and my offerings and God has promised open the windows of heaven and bless me and so you know we should not only just believing these things in our heart but also speaking these things in our with our mouths because that sets down landmarks in our lives so we speak life we instead of death we speak health we speak blessing, we speak life over our children, we speak salvation over other people, and we speak financial blessings, we speak healing. So these are the things we should we should change our vocabulary. And it takes time to change, to make that shift from talking like worldly people to talking like children of God walking on this earth. So that's the third thing. And then that results in thinking in line with what God says in his word. That results. So uh, studying the word, speaking the word and doing it with discipline and really checking ourselves. Because when we first heard about this teaching, my wife and I, I I'm talking about the early 80s, we decided we want to change our circumstances. We want to change our circumstances. So we are going to speak the word of God and my wife used to sometimes cry she said that i always believed that i will die young because you know I don't know why. She said, I always believed I would die young. And she used to cry. So she began to say, I'm not going to die young because the Bible says in Psalm 91, with long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? She began to speak the word. Then she also believed that she would have a postpartum depression because her mother had it when she was born. So she was scared to that, but she attacked that with the word of God. She says, I'm free from the curse and I'm blessed and I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Jesus, she... She stood on the word. She learned to speak the word and I would hear her speaking the word. Whenever the thought would assail her, I would hear her say, I'm free from the curse of the law. Satan, I curse you. So I knew she was fighting something that was attacking her mind. And as a result, she has been well. So we must learn to renew our mind, to start thinking in line with the word of God and, and also speak it out. We must learn to speak the word of God over our lives, over our circumstances over our children, over our family, over everything that pertains to us. And believe me, the dividends of a renewed mind are worth the price you pay for it. And you don't really have to pay a price. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs Jesus everything. But what it does cost us in that sense is the discipline and the commitment that it, this is a process and I want my mind to... my. Uh, mind to be renewed i am sick and tired of uh, this is the way i was brought up <coughs> and that's what I had to decide i looked at the way I was brought up with hurt and rejection and negativity and I was sick of it I said fella, i'm i'm tired of living in under a spirit of rejection i'm tired of speaking, of living under a spirit of negativ- uh, negativity i'm tired of 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 Living in a way when I always anticipate bad things happening to me. Because they always did. My whole life was a series of, of miseries and tragedies. So much that I, I began to get used to them. I, I was expecting them. And I learned I'm not going to live in anticipation of these things anymore. I'm a child of God. So I began to speak of myself as if I was the new person that God had said I was. Hallelujah. So and, and I look back at those years and I'm, a, I'm not perfect by any way, but I'm a totally different person than I used to be. Now I live my life in anticipation of good things to come. I'm always expecting good things from God. So but I have to fight it all the time, all the time because the devil isn't far away. I have to fight it. I have to stay sharp and stay in the word and keep my mind on the word of God. So we have to learn to, we can change our lives. We can change our destinies by sticking to the word of God and speaking the word of God. Okay, now, now comes another thing, spiritual warfare. You know, when it comes to the renewal of the mind and all all these things, the attacks upon the mind, we're talking about the mind of man. There's this thing about spiritual warfare and uh, now spiritual warfare isn't only fighting the devil because you, you've got to remember one thing about spiritual one for about, one thing about the devil is this firstly you have to remember that Jesus has already defeated the devil the devil this is what the bible says that the devil is a defeated enemy the bible says that he has he has uh, uh, he He has defeated the powers and principalities arrayed against us, okay and he has disarmed them and he has rendered them powerless at the cross. So you know Colossians two tells us very clearly that Jesus Christ upon the cross he has he has won a total and decisive victory over the devil and he has rendered the devil he has paralyzed the devil, defeated him okay now but the devil is still alive. He's still alive and he and he still has his lies, and he does what he does. But you have to remember that the devil, there's a difference between the pre-Jesus devil, uh, between the pre-Jesus time and the post-Jesus time. The pre-Jesus time devil was very powerful, very strong. He could do whatever he wanted, but the post-Jesus time devil. He is a defeated devil and God has put him under our feet and we have authority over him through the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood. So when it comes to wrestling the devil or wrestling demons or, or spiritual warfare, it is not a question of us defeating the devil because the devil is already defeated. It is a question of us enforcing the victory of Jesus Christ upon the devil, right? And it is all positional. Now, if you see the devil as being equal to Jesus in the sense that there's a war in the heaven is going between Jesus and the devil and you're biting your nails to see who's going to win. Well, you are going to be defeated by the devil, you know, it's like this. If the devil is bigger than your Jesus, you're going to be defeated. But if your Jesus who lives in you is greater than the devil, you're going to win. So the Bible says, uh, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. So you you always have to remember your position. It's all positional. If you look at yourself as one who's seated with with God in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the father and you are an heir of God and joint heir with Christ you are going to overcome the devil right but if you look at yourself as this victim and, and, and the devil is this big powerful thing hounding you around and you're always fighting him you're going to be defeated and that's why there is always a great great danger in talking too much about demons and deliverance I believe listen I cast out devils, okay? I probably cast out more devils than 95% of the people who are watching this. One of the things I do in Africa and third world countries, we cast out devils. I've cast out devils out of thousands of people and uh, demon-possessed people, okay? So what I'm saying, I believe in deliverance. I believe Jesus has called us to cast out devils, but The problem is when you talk too much about the devil and too little about Jesus and you're always going on and on about deliverance and demons, then you can get devil fixated. And once you're devil fixated, you see demons everywhere. You see warfare everywhere and you see everything is a demon that needs to be cast out. And there's deliverance here, deliverance there. And that is not the pattern in the, you know, in the. Uh, um, what you saw that in the Gospels, Jesus cast out devils when the devils manifested themselves. Jesus didn't walk up to totally normally normal people and say, "Oh, you have devils; you need deliverance." Neither did the apostles did that. When they cast out devils, those were demons that manifested themselves and they cast them out. So the Bible does tell us in the epistles, we should be vigilant and we should know we should not be ignorant about Satan's devices. I understand that, but you have to be careful talking too much about demons and the devil and deliverance, lest you get fixated by the devil. Because if you get too much fixated by the devil, your whole life will be of one fighting the devil, trying to keep the devils off me. So... While there is a truth, you cannot overemphasize one truth at the expense of other truths. You have to learn to keep the balance. Okay. So anyway, we talk about spiritual warfare. I'm giving that as a background to you. It says, now let's talk about what spiritual warfare is uh, primarily in the life of a believer. Second Corinthians 10, three to five. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. <coughs> I'm sorry, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, what does it say? It says that we walk in the flesh. That means we walk in this body, on this earth but our war is not after the flesh. It's, it's spiritual. So then it says, and the weapons of our warfare, but they are not carnal. They are not physical weapons like guns and swords. We don't fight spiritual wars with physical weapons, but our wep- weapons are mighty through God. They're spiritual weapons to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, stronghold, a stronghold is like a fortress that the devil has has built over a long time. That it's a fortified place in the army, where a stronghold or a strong point was a place where you, where you built strong uh, protective boundaries uh, and 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 uh, and you placed your, you know, powerful weapons there. You had weapons pit there, and you had a good field of fire or set up. It was a place that was almost you would think you you make this place very hard or almost impossible for the enemy to capture or to conquer. And those are your strong points or strongholds. That's what it is. So uh, it says, but the weapons that God has given us, they are so mighty that they can pull down the devil's strongholds. That that means uh, his strong points, his strongholds where he has his weapons, which are well fortified, which he has taken years sometimes to build up and prepare. He said, but the weapons of our warfare, the Mm -hmm. weapons that God has given us are are mighty through God. They can even destroy those things, right? And the weapons of our warfare uh, is that if you look at the armor of God, the only offensive weapon there is the sword of the spirit, which is the word. All the other weapons that we have are defensive: the shield of faith, you know, the the you know the readiness, the gospel shot with the I mean, the feet shot with the readiness of the gospel of peace, and you know, you've got the helmet of salvation, the blessed breastplate of righteousness, and the belt of truth, and all that. But the offensive weapon you have, with which you attack the enemy, is the sword of the spirit. Not a physical sword, but the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so this is what you do. And here is the strongholds of the enemy, because it's talking about pulling down our strongholds. Okay. And verse five tells us the strongholds uh, of the devil, casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. So there are three things that are the strongholds of the enemy and they're all in our mind. If you notice, all these things are in our mind and they're not demons. So spiritual, true spiritual warfare, I mean, the main kind of spiritual warfare, uh, far above fighting the devil, right? And going out to war against, listen, true spiritual warfare is, a, is warfare against things, strongholds that the Devil has built in our own minds, right? The first of those things is imaginations, imaginations, thoughts, thought patterns that you believe to be true because they are in your imaginations. And when things are in your imaginations, they are as real as if they actually existed even if they exist in the world of fantasy, but they are real to you. Because, you know, as I said, as a man thinketh in his heart so easy. He. So listen, if you believe that uh, uh, you are the kind of person, you are just grateful that you are saved, and but you have made so many mistakes in your life, so many bad choices in your life, that you feel like you know, even the blood of Jesus is, you, I mean, you would never say that the blood of Jesus isn't powerful enough to cleanse my sin. No, Nobody ever says that, but you don't really believe that the blood of Jesus has actually cleansed you from all your sins because you're always repenting of the same sin because you find somehow it's very hard for God to forgive you. Do you understand what I mean? That is an imagination and it's things like this because. You know, every time you pray, you feel like God cannot really hear you because you don't know what I've done in my past. The things I've done, the things I've been through, uh, I'm, a, I'm just not the person you think I am. I just have too many strikes against me. And uh, so, you know, listen, you can expect directions from God. I cannot. And because I know me, you don't know me. But I'm just glad I'm going to go to heaven when I die and everything will be sorted out there. Now that is an imagination that needs to be cast down. And how do you cast that down? You cast that down using the word of God. And, or you have an imagination that somehow the devil is always chasing you. and Or you can have an imagination that, that, <coughs> that you know, okay, yeah, people say, God is for us. Uh, who can be against us? But I wonder if God is really for me because my whole life is bad luck. You know, only bad things happen to me. Things of that nature, they are imaginations in your mind that have been built up over the years because of your past life, your past experiences. And so, uh, you know, and those are the things that need to be cast down. And those are the things you cast down by using the word of God, by speaking the word of God over your life. So that's how you cast on imagination. Then every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And those are high things are, again, once again, they are thoughts that exalt themselves more than the word of God. It's like, you know what the Bible says, but. You know, I know what the Bible says, but. I know what the Bible says. The Bible says I'm healed, but. Those buts, they exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, they exalt themselves against what you know to be in the scripture and those are strongholds of the devil and those are patterns of thing you know thinking that have to be brought down that have to be destroyed using the sword of the spirit. That is real spiritual warfare. You, you know, these are strongholds that the devil, there's no demon sitting there. Listen, your biggest enemy is really not demons or the devil, but it's, it's thoughts and patterns from your past life that be, because of the way you were raised or because of your experiences in life, they have formed you, if you understand what I mean. So, what has happened is because of of how you grew up and of of the way you have been brought up, all your past experiences in life, they have formed you, and they have formed how you think and the way you are thinking, the way you view yourself and your life, and and your expectations from God are based on that. And so you know that you're saved, you know, praise God, I'm saved. I'm going to go to heaven, but really in this life, I can't expect as much as them because, you know, look at him. He's just, I mean, he came from a good Christian home. He doesn't experience the things I've experienced. He doesn't have to fight the ghosts that I have to fight. Listen, I didn't have a good life. I've had to fight these things all my life and I still fight these things. I am still, I still cannot say that I'm over all those things because a lot of those things, although I've been a Christian 45 years, they still rear their heads and I have to always keep my mind being renewed in the image of God by speaking the word of God. <clears throat> and reminding myself and also speaking to the devil and tell him who I am in Christ and that the greater one lives in me and also speak out the uh, the redemption that, Je- that Jesus has purchased for me and what Jesus has for me and what he is in me and what God has said about me in his word. So these are things I have to hold on to because my survival depends upon them. So spiritual warfare. It's not a one-time thing. It's a continual thing, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That means that you have decided, and this is also part of spiritual warfare, you have decided to live your life in obedience to the word of God. And every thought that rises up in disobedience to Christ that makes you you know think this way think that way you know the bible says do not be wise in your own mind and and, and it says you bring your your thoughts into captivity uh, to the obedience of christ you know sometimes i have met people let me give an example <coughs> i'm sorry coughing a little bit one of the examples i can give you i remember a fellow who said to me years ago and he was a church leader who was an elder in a pentecostal church in sweden And he began to tell me about his financial problems, his issues, and his family. And I said to him, Brother, I just talked to him, I said, Brother, do you tithe? He says, No, I don't tithe. Why not begin to cry? I say, he said, I have such financial problems that if I tithe it, I would totally go under. I said, brother, you can't do that. I said, you are thinking wrong. You are thinking that if you don't give that 10% to the Lord, that those 10% will tide you over or put you over. I said, that will never happen. I said, remember that 90% with God's blessing on it, it goes much farther than 100% without God's blessing. And so I've seen you know, he did that. But there's other people who say, Well, tithing is in the Old Testament. You know, I mean they will say anything, do anything to get away from tithing. But the point is that the point is that they love their money too much. And so, and they always rationalize why they should not tithe or why they cannot tithe. But I tell them, I say, the blessings of God in your, upon your life and upon your family depends upon your obedience to God. It is not your money because listen, God, he, he paves his streets with gold, man. I mean, in heaven where he is, his streets are paved with gold. So don't think, look. Look, I have some gold on me, this ring, my wedding ring. Okay, this is this is what I have. This is gold. But this is probably the most expensive thing I wear in my body. But in heaven, God paves his streets with this stuff. So, so do you think my giving or not giving this to God will make a difference to him? No, but it is for my own sake. It is my obedience to God. It is my obedience to God. So whether it's rational or not, I choose to obey God and bring every thought into captivity that goes against the obedience of God. So when God tells me something that in his word, you know what, even if my mind struggles against it or my mind struggles with it and my imaginations, my thoughts, my uh, rationale struggles against it, I will bring down those, captive, those thoughts and I will bring them into captivity under the obedience of Christ. And that is the renewal, that spiritual warfare. So, spiritual warfare and um, renewal of the mind go hand in hand. They actually have to do with bringing your mind and your thought life into captivity to the Word of God. Now, I told you, um, uh, you know, some time ago about that, uh, exp- uh, in yesterday actually, about uh, that brother who said I had demons and and I was being attacked in my mind and you know one thing one, I re- realized, you know why I was being attacked even more? Because I believed him. I, when You see, when you believe something, it becomes real to you. So if you believe that demons are there and they're doing this and you acknowledge the devil, what you do is you're actually opening the door to the devil. And he actually comes in and torments you until you find out what the word of God says. And then you take a stand and, and, and then he has to go. Now, if you were to ask me, that was 19... Uh, Oh, 1980 that when that happened 40 years ago have those things ever come back to me no they have never come back to me why because I have taken a stand because I have found out who I am in Christ what Jesus has done for me I found out that greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world and this is something that I speak with my mouth every single day. I am of God and I have overcome them and greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. And so we train ourselves to think in line with the word of God, to speak in line with the word of God. And that is one of the key things that enables us to walk in faith, to walk our walk of faith and serve God in faith. Praise God. So uh, tomorrow we are going to continue with something we're going to talk about Uh, This, I was thinking I should maybe stop here and do this as a a separate subject, talking about the life of faith, talking about the Hebrews of uh, the heroes of Hebrews chapter 11. But I was thinking, no, I will include this in this subject because I want to approach this subject of faith from every possible, every conceivable angle that I can think of. And that's why I'm going to do this. So anyway, we, we are going to continue tomorrow. And uh, this is our uh, 22nd lesson in this subject, and we'll probably end up with 30 uh, lessons or 30 lessons plus. But let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus upon my friends, upon their homes, upon their families. I speak blessings and life and healing and health over them in the name of Jesus. May they grow in faith as they serve you in Jesus name. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'll catch you again tomorrow. Bye.